Welcome to Special One Cards Podcast, a weekly podcast on the soccer market, soccer cards. We talk about prospects, we talk about products, and we look at some data to help you make some buying decisions for the future. Hosted by me, Paulo, on a weekly basis. Look for special guests occasionally. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, at Special One Cards. Looking forward to interacting with all of you. All right, we are back. We're going to be doing this Wednesday slot every week, guys. I appreciate all of you guys joining me. As you noticed, I have a new kind of intro to try to bring some awareness, some more followers to my various accounts. I thank you if you are, uh, again, listening to this episode as well, um, or you're returning, right? I appreciate everybody that's continually listening to the episode, continually following me on Instagram at special one cards. And for all the new listeners, go back and look at, um, listen to the other episodes. There's a lot of good data points, a lot of good, uh, insight into different prospects. And, you know, I'm just trying to bring something different to the table for all of you to think about when you're purchasing, when you're collecting, uh, I think it's important to have a different perspective, a different mindset. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and discuss games, uh, particularly in terms of what I'm seeing in games and things of that nature. That's not my job. That's why we have some uh, pundits that do that. Um, but how to impact the card market, that's what I'm here for to talk about. And as well, you know, and just try to make a correlation for those for those pieces of the hobby. Um, today, we're going to talk about a few various topics uh, one being you probably saw my post uh, late uh, last night on um, World Cup Prism. We're going to talk a little bit about that, kind of some early data uh, pieces that I've looked at that I found interesting on what's going on. We're going to look at uh, possibly a prospect or two. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm trying to make this episode a little more condensed today uh, in hopes that we get um, – a little more traction, obviously. I think when I went to the 45-minute episode, I think it made it harder for people. So we're hoping that maybe if I condense it a little bit, we'll be there and get there. So I want to talk about a few different things, uh, nothing specifically in terms of product releases, things that nature. There isn't really much coming out um, in the near future. So let's start with what we've seen with World Cup Prism. As you know, this was released back in, I want to say, October or September or November. I can't even remember now. It feels like so long ago. World Cup Prism, we had Hobby Box, we had Breakaway, we had Choice, uh, all in all. And and for those that don't know, you had 35 various parallels through that product. So to collect the rainbow, as we would call it, right, having every kind of parallel of every player, there's 35 cards to collect ideally, uh, in the parallels. Do I feel like that's saturated? I think so. Maybe a little bit. Uh, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of that's a lot of different variations and some of them are very similar. You know, you have blues, you have blue mojos. So there's some interest, interest there, um, that we'd be, you know, look at and what the most desirable parallel is right now and what's selling, what's who's buying, uh, you know, what's doing the best on the market. I don't really want to get into that. I think we're a little early at that. I do want to talk about the gem rates on these cards. Uh, I specifically have, as I've said before, I'm happy to submit cards for people to 
PSA for grading. Um, and I recently had some that were, you know, I sent in some of my nicer stuff out of this, uh, out of this set. I didn't send in a lot, uh, myself. I think I sent in three cards total. I, or no, excuse me, four cards total. We had the connections that I bought the orange to 25 Raphael Leon and Juan Felix. I love that card that came back a PSA 10. So I was very happy with that. I had a Ronaldo cracked ice that came back at PSA nine. I actually did sell that to shout out to Rupacucio collector sold it at, at the raw price. Uh, I just, you know, he does uh, support me quite a bit. So I like to give back when I can. So I sold it to him at the raw price. I think it was around 50 bucks or 40 bucks, whatever it was. Uh, and then I had Juan Felix. Um, I think it was a red prism number to 199. I can't even remember now, but that came back at nine as well. And I had a Diego Costa that I had sent in, uh, Blue Mojo, which is number 275 or 99. I can't even remember right now. But that came back at PSA 7. And that was kind of on me. I was a little careless when I looked at that card for centering. The borders on that card, and I'm talking about the inner border. You'll see that there's an inner border, an, an inner border excuse me, chromium finish around the inside of the actual borders of the card. You'll see centering issues with a lot of them. Tons of them have centering issues, uh, both on the back and the front. Uh, and normally with PSA, if you've got kind of a variance of more than 60-40, you're probably looking at a step down in grade. So that is what I've noticed. A lot of these cards are their QC issues, again, but that means that prices will drive up crazy, more, more premiums on PSA 10s and 9s possibly. And we'll go into that data a little bit. But with these cards in particular, I found that there's a lot of, like I said, I sent in a total of four cards to grade from this set. Um, and, you know, excuse me, five actually, including that Diego Costa that came back at seven. Um, and I sent in some for somebody else who had some poor grades as well. They wanted them graded in slab. They didn't really care about the grade, which is fine. But um, they didn't really get any tens either. So uh the centering is a big issue on these maybe some surface issues and some edging so be very careful if you have questions let me know considering i've been able to gem about three of them three of the five um i don't know if that's luck or if that's just me having a good eye again my other one i did not uh pay attention as i should have to the card uh, and it came back a seven so in looking at the data you know as of now and this is uh wednesday early morning that I'm looking at this, there have been 2,696 cards graded from this set uh, across all parallels. So there's base, there's choice, breakaway, hobby, there's cracked ice, which to me, I think is the one of the nicer parallels. And I think the maroon as well, I think those are numbered to 22. I think those are really nice parallels. The cracked ice is an SP. Hopefully in the future, I can break down kind of the differences in the different uh, variations and the parallel variations right so uh based on those numbers you know again 2696 cards have been graded from the set you've had 951 10s come back psa 10s and you've had a thousand two hundred forty three psa nines now what does that mean um so that means that we're about 502 that are psa 8 and below uh that means the gem rate on this set is about 35.2 percent so that means for every 10 cards that you're sending in, you're probably gemming about three of those cards. Really tough ratio to break down. Again, I think cards will catch a premium uh, in terms of P 
PSA 10s in this set. Uh, and I see this in other sports as well, uh, especially, for example, on hockey. A good example is last year, Upper Deck Series 1. There were tons of quality control issues with those cards. The PSA 10s in that set catch a huge premium. I mean, at the time, you know, a Cam York base was probably selling for like $6. I sold a Cam York PSA 10 for 140 at the time. So, and I, you know, that's not, I'm not comparing soccer to hockey, but I think there's some similarities here in terms of what we can expect. Uh, a 35.2% gem rate is not a very high gem rate. So um, now when you look at PSA 9s or better, so that would that include your PSA 10s, PSA 9s and PSA 10s, you have a, a chance of getting an 81.3%, um, let's say, ratio in terms of either a 9 or a 10. So if you send an 8 card, if you send in 10 cards, your possibility of getting a 9 or a 10 is about 8 out of 10 cards. Significant drop off when you're looking at PSA 10s, though, at uh, the 35.2%. The so um, I'd be very careful with these cards, obviously. If you have questions that I can answer, or if there's cards I can look at that you're thinking about grading, let me know. Send some photos to me, and I can kind of take a look. And look exactly for what I've been kind of really looking for. Uh, that inner border, the outside border on the back, uh, that's been a big, big, big part of what I look for, first and foremost, along with corners, along with service and edging. Um, but that inner border and the border on the back as well, the inner border there, that is a big centering issue on those cards. So make sure you look at that. Again, happy to look at those for you. Uh, if you want to grade some and you want them in a slab regardless, then it, it doesn't really matter, right? Um, so again, if you are interested in grading anything, you can send them to me. I do it at cost. I don't make any extra money. The only thing I ask is you send them in card savers and then I ensure all the packages that come back from PSA. So there is a fee tied to that. So uh, if there's a bunch of us sending cards in in a bulk, then it all gets divided up. So it's very economical. So um, just a really kind of interesting, uh, a few kind of notable sales uh, in terms of this set. I'm really looking at, uh, particularly I want to look at base. I think base is kind of, you're usually an early indicator or, Potentially later on, I mean, these could drop quite a bit as more cards go in uh, to grade. So look at, um, in looking at recent sales, we had a, on January 24th, we had a Julian Alvarez, a PSA 10 base, sold for $71. You had a Gavi on the 23rd of this month, a PSA 10 base, sold for 61 So Julian Alvarez is commanding a little bit more money than Gavi. That's kind of interesting. A Martinelli base who... Really didn't do much at the World Cup, but that's a PSA 10 sold for $36. And then interesting enough, a Leo Messi PSA 10 base sold for $267. So there is opportunity if you seek it out and do your research and understand what's going on in the market. So people are buying these base PSA 10s. My interpretation of that is because of the quality control, we're not gonna see very many PSA 10s uh, on the base. So there could be an opportunity there for some scarcity. Uh, again, base, you know, we, we always say it, they're overprinted, but base is relevant. I've said it for a long time. And this really is an indication of that. Take the Martinelli, which is the lowest one at $36, a PSA 10. Think about that for a second. This guy probably sent, the, sent that card in on the 
program back in December or probably late November, right? The $15 special they were running. He's doubled his money, uh, you know, so, you know, a little one, one and a half X basically his money. So there is opportunity. You just got to look for it and try to identify cards that you can take the risk for. Now, if you do risk sending a card in like that and it comes back a nine, then, you know, you, you're probably either going to take an L or you're going to try to break even at a zero kind of profit. I mean, a PSA nine, if you can sell a PSA nine like a Martinelli, at $15 and recoup your fee, then that's fine. If you're a man of risks, like I can be at times, then you take the risk and you don't worry about it, keeping your collection for kind of the long-term projection on a card like that. If we talk about long-term, you see 2018 stuff still, graded stuff still performs well, even the base. Um, not outstanding, but they still do pretty well. So as time goes on, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the valuation on some of this stuff. But you look at the cracked ice. So now we, when you look at the cracked ice and why I love this set, obviously this parallel, I should say, not the set, but when you're looking at uh, this parallel, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful parallel. It really is uh, just so beautiful to me. I love looking at it. I have a Raphael Leon PSA 10 in that. They are SPs. They don't um, come out often. I don't know if they're even guaranteed in each hobby box. I can't even remember. Uh, but we look at some of those sales in that um, and why it's a desirable set is, you know, they're not numbered, but they're desirable because of the look of those cards. They're beautiful cards. A PSA, uh, PSA 10 Messi uh, Cracked Ice uh, just sold for $818 on the 23rd, a PSA 10. That is wild. So if you think about it, um, that, you know, the opportunities are there. Here's another uh this one I feel like is kind of a little value play here. You had a PSA 10 Josco Garvidal, PSA 10 cracked ice, sell for $64. Uh, I think that's a pretty good deal. You had a Ronaldo uh, PSA 10 um, cracked ice, sold for $127. Still a nice little price tag on those. Uh, again, um, cracked ice to me, I love the, I love the cracked ice. Um, for me, it's kind of a piece that I'm probably going to try to chase down a little bit more. Um, and then when we look at Maroons, which is probably my second favorite, given the theme of the World Cup uh, in the set, um, Maroons have been kind of interesting as well. I'm trying to pull up some sales. I, I use Card Ladder. Shout out to Card Ladder. Their platform is fantastic uh, for researching uh, some, some data points. I'm going to try to be getting a code from them as well so that I can pass on the savings to you guys, if you're interested in using card ladder, card ladder, excuse me. Um, so the maroons, uh, if we look at maroons, which are numbered to 22, I'm quite sure. Uh, I want to see if there's been any sales thus far of those. I know there's some that have popped up for buy it now is on eBay. Haven't really dug much into it. Uh, I don't see many graded as sold yet. Uh, and that could be for a few reasons. Cause again, could be a QC. Could be what it is. Uh, my my Raphael Leon Juan Felix of 25 Orange Connections card came back at PSA 10. I think it is a pop one still. The card is beautiful. I, I expected a 10 out of that, so I was very happy to see that. But, you know, uh, some of the raw sales on Maroons, you have a Martinelli that just sold for $405 on the 24th. You had a, uh, let's see if there's some other bigger names here that we can kind of take a look at. Uh, in terms of maroon, 
Uh, Emiliano Martinez, a goalie, the Argentina keeper, won the World Cup of 22, sold for $76, okay? So the market is reacting to the Maroons and the cracked ice in a very positive manner. Uh, so I would look at your cards and check for, you know, see if you can grade those. They might do really well. I mean, here's a Ronaldo of 22 uh, Maroon that recently sold for $1,025 on the 17th of January last week. Wild. To me, uh, I mean, I'm not sure I'd pay $1,000 for that card, but again, it potentially could be his last World Cup card if we think about that. So um, Maroon and Cracked Ice to me are kind of two of my chases. Obviously gold, but I want to look at cards that are more kind of, let's say, attainable um, collection-wise. So how does this how is this going to impact your collecting? I'm not sure. I myself have thought about it looking in my base box of Prism that I did have. I got into a few breaks. Um, I think I opened maybe one hobby box, not really that many um, for me. I just thought the price was too high at the time. Prices now have kind of stabilized a little bit on hobby boxes. I think cost-wise for dealers right now, I think they're selling at 370 to 390 but I believe on the retail side, it's about 440 435 450 so they've kind of stabilized at where they were uh, at one point they're almost $700 so um does it present a good opportunity maybe at 370 360 I'm probably a buyer on it uh but I think at over 400 I'm not so um but you know that's the risk when you open these boxes you can pull some really nice stuff and look and looking at the data again like I said 2696 cards have been graded you've got 951 PSA 10s the gem rate, again, total 35.2%. For those that can't do math, that's usually about three out of 10 cards will get a 10. So not very high chances in that. So I would tread carefully there. If you get a nine, you're probably gonna get buried, possibly. So just be careful. I mean, for me, I'm looking at cracked dice. I'm looking at maroons, like I said. Some orange stuff, if I can get it. Ideally, it would be great to get gold, but it's just some of that stuff is out of, out of my price range, you know, when you look at cards. Over the coming weeks, I'll probably kind of do a breakdown in terms of what we, what I'm looking at in that set, potentially at buying. And we talk about, and, and maybe on the next episode, I'll talk about kind of first World Cup cards and the significance of those cards. And again, when we think about the hobby and the maturity of the soccer hobby, we're still really in its infancy stages. I say that because you only had a few years of World Cup cards, right? The, other than that, it was always stickers. Even the stickers this year have presented a great opportunity for long-term potential gains uh, if you hold on to them and grade them. You know, I had a PSA 10 Ronaldo Pop is 2 sticker. I actually did sell that um, recently at $110. I thought it was a really good price to sell it at. But then again, at the same time, there aren't really many PSA 10s in the stickers from that set. And maybe I'll cover that in the next episode and Instagram post this weekend as well. So wanted to just touch early on the prism kind of debate on what's going on with those cards, specifically grading uh, and the base and what's going on with base. Base is really kind of, I'm kind of shocked a little bit. Um, I'm not shocked because I predicted that base would matter and it still does matter. We have to remember that a lot of the flippers are leaving the market, right? And the collectors are standing by to continue to support their collecting habits and what they collect. So that's kind of the the forecast and the kind of the future of the market. Again, everything in the economy is down. 
with that comes cards. You just got to weather the storm, hang out, play like low risk plays with high ceiling, high rewards. So look at some of these singles potentially, you know, watch for those inner borders, those outer borders for a condition issue. So condition sensitive cards. So, but that's uh, kind of my prism breakdown guys. All right. So kind of another, um, and this may be a hobby rant of mine or, or not. Um, you might agree with me. You might not. You might disagree with me, uh, which is fine. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a card show I went to this past weekend. So one of the things I'm always looking to do at, at card shows is really make trades, um, not really cash deals. Particularly the reason why is I, I believe most dealers are more, are more let's say, uh, flexible when it comes to offering trades or a mix of trades and cash right um where you as the as the tradee or the person that's trying to acquire a card in my in my situation i was trying to acquire a card and i was asking for um a card with cash on top for what i had okay for some that's an example okay Specifically with me, this weekend, I had offered somebody a, a PSA 10 that's a pop four or five, I can't even remember now, for another card that was a PSA 9. And um, and I'm, I don't want to break down the exact cards because I don't want to cause controversy or even um, put anybody at risk of, of, let's say, embarrassing or, or people kind of uh chastising them for for not doing a deal like this okay so here's a scenario i have a psa 10 probably pop four or five card last sale was probably 850 dollars, for example right i'm trying to acquire a psa 9 card um with an auto on it we'll say that the auto is a psa 10 the card is a 9 and the and the auto is a 10 but i'm trying to acquire this card so i'm looking at my card that's valued at about 850 dollars. i'm saying well this other card is valued at about 425, 450 of the last sale. So I'm sitting here, I'm about two X that card that I want. Um, so I wanted that card so badly. I actually offered my $825, $850 card for that PSA nine auto PSA 10 auto, um, in a straight trade with no cash changing hands, just a straight trade. I give him my PSA 10, $850 card for his PSA nine that also had a PSA 10 auto. The guy said no to me. Shocked. I was shocked and appalled. Uh, give you a few reasons. Um, and it's not the first time as of late that people have refused to do deals with me where I'm trading, trading down a card, I guess I could call it trading down. I'm swapping a higher valued card for a lower valued card and a straight swap deal with no cash involved. And deal, some of these dealers aren't doing this. Granted, some of these dealers do know me. Um, so now I'm kind of like, do I gotta create a burner account or do I gotta send my wife into these card shows to make these deals where I walk in, look at cards, and then I have her walk in and try to make that deal for me. I don't really know. So it's frustrating to me. Um, you know, and I understand maybe some dealers are like, well, I don't know why he's dumping this or is he dumping this because there's a reason behind it. And again, I post stuff for sale on my IG all the time, guys. Um, and some of the stuff, yeah, I'm selling it. I'm not dumping it, but I'm selling it at a price that's attractive. I've done plenty of deals in the last two weeks 
where I am under comps on everything. For that, for that reason specifically, I don't need that card. I'd rather somebody else put in their collection that'll enjoy it. And if they do sell in shows, whatever it may be, I could also post them on eBay, right? And do that and, and get maximum dollar. But for me, it's kind of like, let me try to grow the hobby. Let me try to grow an audience. Let me try to grow a friendship and relationships that matter in this hobby. Those things matter. If I can do something for somebody and sell a card or trade a card for another card, we can build a relationship, right? Uh, that we look out for each other, kind of like a family. That's how I kind of look at it. So think about that when you're doing things. Now, my frustration is now is obviously that some of these guys won't deal with me because of whatever reason. They think I know too much. I don't know too much. I'm going to be perfectly clear and honest with everybody. I learn every day just as you do. Uh, me looking at data and trying to interpret data to give you those my points is my opinion and you guys can use that to make your own decisions. That's my goal here is to grow the hobby, give you guys some different data to help you guys kind of think a little bit more outside the box versus let's all funnel in by the same guy. Let's all go by Sesco. Let's all go by Holland. Let's all go by even Kylian Mbappe, right? Let's all go by the same guys that everybody else is buying. Again, if you're buying the same guys that everybody else is buying, you're already too late. So for me, uh, I was disappointed I couldn't get that deal done. And I made the decision that, you know, I left with a sour taste in my mouth. But my goal really at the end of the day was like, okay, I got to get out of my head. I don't need that card. I'm okay. I can find another one. I can buy one and get there. It's not like it's a extremely limited card or anything or a limited auto. But I can find another card like that and really, um, you know, attain it. So, you know... In some cases, guys, don't get discouraged when dealers don't want to do deals. There's a few factors to consider. Obviously, one is maybe they're into the card for so much money that they can't really move it right now or they don't want to. But again, if they have it in their case, then they should want to move it. Um, or maybe the certain player they have is, a is let's say, a Hall of Famer, for example, right? And the card you're offering is a prospect who hasn't proven himself, right? So... That's a scenario where you could you should make that correlation and understanding that that person just believes in that player and that card, so they don't do it. Just like me, I believed in that card I was trying to trade for. The card I have that I wanted to trade, I believe in that card also. I just believe more in that other card, so I wanted that other card, if that makes sense, right? Um, and by no means, I mean, I could sell this card today on eBay if I wanted to. I just have no interest in it right now. I'd rather use it as kind of a trade bait card or something that I could move with somebody else that might appreciate it a little bit more. So that is one of my frustrations from the weekend at that show that I attended. I wish I had um, done that deal and it's just unfortunate that that wasn't the case. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if I get that card. If I get that card, I'll eventually tell you guys and let you know what it was. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm excited to look for that card on on, on other platforms such as eBay, such as um, PWCC, anywhere else. So we'll see. Maybe we still get it. All right. One of my favorite parts of the podcast is to really talk about uh, prospects and or a prospect each episode or two. Um, and, and, you know, I usually focus on the the Portuguese league, right? Uh, being Portuguese and all, I do take extreme pride in, in my 
my roots and my culture, although being born in America, uh, I guess I am a Luso-Americano, as we would call it in Portuguese, um, American, Portuguese-American, right? So we are going to travel again to Portugal this week. You guys probably saw a post last week on Vitinha. And no, I'm not talking about the Vitinha, who is at PSG, the former Porto player. I'm talking about number 99, Mr. Vitinha, that plays for Braga. Um, Braga is one of the, uh, we're going to call them a top four team in, in Portugal at this point. They're regular in the Europa League these days. Um, they produce a lot of talent that they do move on. You, you've seen me cover uh, Roger Fernandez, the most valuable 16-year-old in the world earlier this year. Um, but Vitinha, he's a 22-year-old striker, uh, center forward, playing really kind of both uh, positions there. He very physical. Uh, Vitinha's real name is Vitor Oliveira. Physically strong, uh, has great speed, really excellent with his back to the net uh, at an elite level. So he's very elite at receiving the ball with his back to the net. And not many strikers are capable of that, of, of kind of turning on a diamond and blasting the shot to the net. So Really excellent that you look for that number nines that are really kind of that skillful to be able to do that. Uh, really fantastic. Last year, he appeared in 38 games. He scored 14 goals, had four assists as well. So far this season, I believe he's got 13 goals now. I think he scored over the weekend again. And he's got five assists in 26 games. He's been really fantastic for Braga. Uh, he, Vidinha is kind of a raw player. He's really becoming an excellent player. Uh, it has enormous potential. He is interesting because he didn't really come up through their academy. He's kind of been a late bloomer. So he's got, you know, again, like I said, he's got a, a tremendous potential to become a really good player uh, for, you know, the future. Uh, potentially, you know, Atlético Madrid is looking at him. He does um, have some teams that are interested. And even the, the big three in Portugal, Sporting, Porto, Benfica, have all been rumored to try to sign him. So... Uh, you know, if you watch him, um, he improves every week. He really does. Um, he, one of his knocks is he does shoot a lot, which which is fine uh, for a striker. You want a striker that shoots a lot, but he doesn't shoot a lot on target. Uh, and I think that's something that he will mature in his game as he improves. Uh, he will improve that skill set for sure, uh, without question. He does have high, uh, really high work rate. So when I've watched him, uh, what really impresses me is the way he tracks back. Not many forwards in today's game track back. They sit and they just kind of wait for the ball to come them, to them. He tracks back and he intercepts a lot of balls uh, from defenders. Um, so, uh, you know, that to me is really impressive. That just shows really kind of a desire and a hunger to improve, to make a – to make a, you know, make a better impression on his team, influence the game, right? Um, and for a young 22-year-old, that's fantastic that he's doing that. He's got great foot skills and technical ability, really excellent. Um, he primarily operates in the channels, um, in the middle, like many other center forwards. So you'll see him try to get the ball in those channels. Doesn't really come out to the wing to play as much as you might expect. Uh, where the game today has become really kind of a wing-heavy wing game. Uh, Vitinha is very different in that aspect. So uh, I like his up his potential. I think he could be really fantastic. He's got his first rookie 
is in a sticker product that's in the Panini Portugal um, set this year. Uh, you can take a look. I think those just released. I'm just not sure if you'll have a card for a while. I'm not sure how Braga is going to be handled in the Europa League, if Tops is going to create a sticker, uh, or excuse me, create a card for him. Maybe next year's Merlin release. Uh, we could probably see that. But he does have uh, rookies um, in, in that set this year. A really good source for that uh, to possibly purchase some who's got some available is uh, at Uhabi in Portuguese. He is on Instagram. Check him out. Uh, check out my post. I did link him in that post. He does have some for sale. So let him know if you may be interested in that in a sticker of BTNs. Again, he looks like potentially could be going to a Atlético Madrid, possibly Sporting, Benfica, Porto. Who knows? He may not even go. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, Benfica actually, and what reminds me is kind of Benfica, if they saw Gonzalo Ramos this summer, which I expect them to, and now you have Enrique Arujo, who went on loan uh, to the championship division in England, um, kind of, and he was one that's being watched by Real Madrid. Does that open up a spot maybe for Vitinha to come join Benfica? I would love it. Um, I just can't bank on it. Uh, but, you know, so just watching Vitinha could be a potentially good player uh, coming up. Uh, and I hope there is a tops release for his card. I don't think I've ever seen a tops now of his. There might be one. I haven't dug enough into it, um, but I, he does have a sticker in this year's Panini Portugal uh, sec, um, set. So check out Vitinha, pretty impressive player. This segment, I'm not going to really talk too much about this, but I want you guys to think about something as we move forward. I've been thinking a lot about Cristiano Ronaldo and some of his card values, how they've come down a little bit um, or a lot of bit in some cases. Here's something I want you guys to consider, and this is because I had a discussion with somebody on Instagram recently that we kind of forget. I'm not sure Ronaldo will have cards in next year's sets or the year after, for example, given the licensing um, and the image rights for the Saudi Arabian League. So what does that mean? That means his autos are going to become a little more scarcer, so he's not going to sign as much in terms of Tops and Panini products, right? So... Just think about that for a second. Kind of a thought to think about if you own any of those things and what that means over the long term. Again, long term aspects play a big part in everything I talk about and everything I do. So think about that piece and try to understand the impact that that's going to have on the hobby, on his values eventually. If you have a player that's in a separate league with no cards and no autos available, what is going to happen? Um, obviously, I don't know everything in terms of the image rights that the contract he signed with the Saudi Arabian League, if that limits him to signing for products for Tops and, and um, Panini. I would imagine so, but we'll see what happens. So just think about that for a second. Let me know your thoughts if you guys could. Message me on Instagram regarding that. I, I really want to kind of understand where your thought is on that. Um, I just kind of thought about that in talking with somebody else this weekend and the significance of that. Ronaldo potentially not having any cards or any autos in upcoming products for the 23-24 season. All right, some quick kind of, uh, let's call this homework, let's call this to-dos. 
I will be on Whatnot tonight, um, beginning at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be doing some single sales and some slab sales. Nothing crazy. We'll do a bunch of dollar stuff. We'll do some slabs relatively cheap for people. Again, my goal in this hobby is to grow my audience, grow the hobby, give people opportunity in the hobby, uh, to have some fun and enjoy and interact with them, especially on whatnot. I do enjoy being on there. My username on there is the same at special one cards. So look for me on there tonight. Uh, lastly, um, I haven't really bought product to break recently. I do have an MLS Chrome break that I still need to do uh, that I've had uh, two folks buy into that they've been waiting a bit. So hopefully we'll get that kind of done in the next uh, week and a half or so. That for sure will be coming up uh, regardless. So if I don't sell any more spots, uh, I may make a post about that again. But I will be uh, probably selling the rest of the spots on, on whatnot as well for that. So... Again, if you see something in my story for sale, DM me. I do have room sometimes on my prices, believe it or not. Some people have been smart enough. They DM me and they say, will you take this for this? I say yes. Or I say no. You know, Or I come to a, co a compromise where I can agree with things. So um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Special One Cards. And again, guys, we'll be doing this every Wednesday. I'm not going to preview any games this week. I'm not going to have um, product previews yet. There really isn't much coming out. There's a Donruss set coming out. There's a score set coming out that I saw some brief checklists. Maybe we'll cover that next week. And, um, and we'll go from there. Again, thank you for joining, guys. I appreciate you guys being a part of the, the podcast community. Remember to follow me on Instagram. Remember to follow me on whatnot. Remember to like, subscribe this podcast. Spread the news for me. I need a lot of larger audience. I know these things take time to build, but I'd like to get a larger audience and maybe you don't want to spread the news. I get why sometimes people don't want to spread the news with the information that I can help you guys with. So looking forward to, again, interacting with all of you on Instagram on whatnot or whatever. Hit me up in the DMs if you have questions or wherever I can help. Remember, if you want to grade cards, I'll do that for you. Uh, you just got to mail them to me in Card Savers. I'll send them out to PSA at cost which is the cost they charge me 19 bucks for cards i think up to 4.99 now so let me know uh happy to help with you guys there thank you for listening to another episode of special one cards join us again next week and don't forget to follow me on instagram at special one cards dm me any questions concerns hobby rants or experiences you've had at shows online, something for us to kind of talk about a little bit more. Again, thank you for the support. I really do appreciate it.